0: What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens, and I'd like to welcome you to a special bonus episode of the Take It or Leave It podcast. So long story short, two weeks ago, before we went off the air, DJ decided to raise an impromptu question and ask me who I think will win the Heck Crichton Award. It ended up being a fantastic conversation. We put it in the vault for a little bit. But with the Heck Crichton Award being given out this week before the Vanier Cup, We thought it'd be the perfect time to bring y'all that conversation. So please enjoy this bonus episode of the Take It or Leave It podcast as DJ and I talk through this year's Head Crichton Award. Enjoy. This is one of the first times in a long time that the four remaining teams actually all have their conference MVPs. So Saskatchewan has Nias, Canada West MVP. Western has Edwards, OUA MVP. St. FX has Bussy, AUS MVP. And Laval has MyTal. The RSCQ MVP. So I think that's pretty cool. You also touched on the CFL. Argonauts are going to win the Grey Cup.
1: Damn. <laughs> did Hogan? Did Hogan? Did Hogan pay you to say that right now? <laughs> hey, Mike. Did you did you slip some cash underneath the table right now for Deshaun to say that? That's a bold <laughs> prediction. My goodness. <laughs> Argonauts are going to win the Grey
0: Cup. Or this podcast is actually going to come out after the Eastern final. So people will know if I made a fool of myself or not by saying this just outright. But Argonauts are going to win the Grey Cup. They're taking it all this year. I love the Toronto Argonauts. Curly Gaines Jr., that's my dog. McLeod Bethel Thompson, I think he's okay. I think Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly, that's my dog. Me and Chad Kelly are actually good friends. Did you know that? Chad Kelly. Yeah, Chad Kelly's one of my good friends. Uh, I met him this year. He's a cool guy. Uh, but Argonauts, Grey Cup champs, 2022. Remember I said that?
1: Okay, I've heard enough of that Argonaut talk for right now, but I think we got to go back. I think we need to, in fairness for the fans, based on all of this conversation that we've had this year about the post-board players in particular, I, I'm going to ask you first and put you on the spot. Who is winning the heck? And beyond that, I need a ranking one through four on how those votes are going to come in. I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what the fans want to see. Why did you just put... Pull- this this was not even this was not even the
0: pre podcast conversation. DJ just pulled me on the spot like straight up. I will answer your question, okay? Here we go. This is actually. I'll answer too. Yeah, you got I'm you have you you have to answer the question. What are you talking about? You have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're slick? You think you're slick? Okay, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. So first off, I think it's like one of the hardest. This is one of the hardest decisions when it comes to like who's going to win the heck because I think this year you have four outstanding players. Different positions. So it's hard to compare just off the bat when you talk about different positions. I'm going to say this I'm going to start from the bottom, make my way up to the top. All right. Fair enough. At the bottom, Malcolm Bussey. Nothing against him as a player. But for some reason, I just believe that you will never have an AUS player win the Heck Crichton Award unless they put up like all time numbers, like U Sports all-time numbers I'm talking like a quarterback throwing for like 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in a season unless that AUS team is one of the greatest teams in U sports football history that player will never win the Heck Crichton award so I'm putting Bussy in at number four all right here we go at number three I'm gonna have to go with Keon Edwards Ooh. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Keon Edwards. And I'm going to tell you why.
1: I'm, I'm stopping you before you go too far. I think we should have those conversations after we both go through our rankings.
0: Bussy at number four, Edwards at number three. At number two, I'm going my Mitel. And then at number one, I'm going Mason Nice. I think Mason Nice is going to win the heck. Give me your rankings, and then we'll go over explanations.
1: So I also got Bussy at four. Uh, I think for similar reasons... I have my towel at three. I've got Keon at two and I've got Nios winning what the heck.
0: Okay. So we have slightly similar lists. So yep. let me go over my explanation. So like, yeah, I just gave you the reason for, uh, for Bussy. I don't think was player will yep. ever win. The reason why I got Keon Edwards in at number three, nothing against him as a football player. I think right now he is probably the best running back in the country, but the reality is I think there's going to be a little discrepancies he's there about, whether or not like he's the best player on his team i think there's Mm -hmm. gonna be i think there's some discrepancies there i've heard people say that they think edward winati is the better running back of the two keon edwards is the better running back of the two and then you got the offensive line as well i think the fact that so much goes into a running back having success it's so hard to give a running back at any level, it's so hard to give a running back like the nation's top player just because so much goes into the success of that player.
1: To your, to your point, though, I, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, but I think in Western situation, like you're talking about the scheme, right? And the scheme has to be on point to give the running back a chance to have the success that Edwards has had. And I agree with you. But I think why, you know, for myself, one, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. There's more voters in Ontario. So I, that you know, I think I gave Keon the number two based on some bias there, unfortunate or fortunate, doesn't matter. That's reality. I think beyond that, to your point on Wanati, because you have two rushers in the top five, right? Your point is yes, he's probably the best running back in the country. And and I don't think that's you know gonna be disputed by many. But if Keon were to be hurt on the first play of the first game of the season, and it was just Wanati, would Wanati not have again, been in the conversation like Keon has been all year. We don't know, but I think to your point, that's a very fair argument that, hey, it's scheme. And Winati would be doing the same thing if he was getting more carries. I think that's a very fair point.
0: If you have two rushers who are among the top five in the country, it makes you question, okay, they're good. There's something more there. And it's the offensive line. And it's just like, and it gets to the point where you'll have crazy people saying, oh, you could just plug anyone in there and there'll be a top five rusher in the country. Now, the reality is you can't just plug anyone in there and there'll be a top five rusher in the country. But you'll have people saying that just because you have two rushers who are on the top five in the country. All four of those guys could be in the top 10 in the country if they they wanted to. All four of those guys could start any OUA teams, right? So I think just given that, that's why I have Keon Edwards
1: in at number three. Before we go to my towel, is it fair though? And I'm just, and, and, you know, I'm just trying to be a PR person for Keon here. So Keon, if you need any PR help, give me a shout. But what what I'm saying though, let's just say there was no one If Keon was getting a hundred percent of the touches, you know, he had a thousand yards and he's basically splitting time. Cause that's what G Marsh wants to do in that offense. If he was getting 25 touches a game, which if he played at any other program, he would be. Do we not see Jesse Lumsden, Tyler Varga-type numbers?
0: 100%. If Keon Edwards was the sole number one running back, I think he would have almost 2,000 rushing yards and probably 20 touchdowns, yeah. right? But if Edward Wanadi was the sole running back, I think he would also have nearly 2,000 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns. If Keanu Yazbek was the sole running back, I think he'd maybe have 1,500 rushing yards and like 17 or 16 rushing touchdowns, right? If Troy Thompson was number one, I think he'd probably have a little over a 1,000 and maybe 12 rushing touchdowns, right? So I think that's why I have Keon in at number three because that offensive line, that is an all-time offensive line right there, and they can make a lot of people on that team look good. They've even made Hillock look good, giving him all that time on his limited amount of passes to go through his reads, hit his targets. They make a lot of people look good.
1: I think it also it also comes down to who wins this week. If Keon if Keon outperforms Maitel in this game, in terms of those rankings, I think Keon auto, like automatically goes ahead of him based on that performance in this game alone. I think if Maitel wakes up and dominates Western, then how do you put Keon ahead of Mital
0: Hold on. I had to stop you right there. Yep. Are you saying the heck is not just a regular season award?
1: I think that there's going to be some bias. One, based on OUA players always. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that's where the majority of these voters come from. Okay. And it's a well-known fact. What I'm saying is when you have two skill position players, And the only chance that you get to see them on a field together at the same time is in a national semifinal. And four days later, they have to announce major awards. Though it's supposed to be based on regular season merit, I think it's impossible as human beings to avoid, for example, if Mitel puts up another three touchdowns, how do you avoid the fact that he's going to have eight touchdowns in three playoff games? you can't if Keon edwards goes for 300 plus you're gonna say that okay this guy's had 300 yards in three straight games in the playoffs you can't ignore it i don't think they're mutually exclusive of one another i think it's affirming what a lot of people think of these guys already based on their regular seasons but i'm just saying in this instance where you have two skill position players that come from different conferences that are used differently I think it matters how this game goes this weekend in terms of how those rankings end up for this for this award.
0: You know what? I've actually never received an explanation on that the Heck Crichton Award is solely just a regular season award. I've just always assumed it is because an MVP award for a league should be a regular season award.
1: Oh, no, no. It's regular season-based.
0: Yeah, it I think for- I, it should be regular yeah. season-based. But if we're looking at solely just regular season, solely just regular season. I'm going to have Edwards at 3 and I'm going to have my towel at 2. The reason why I have my talent at 2 is because I think we're looking at one of the like the one of the best U sports receivers we'll ever see right now. This brother's in his second year of eligibility and he put up 12 touchdowns in a campaign. 12.
1: With he no, is with no run game, with no run game.
0: With exactly with no run game. So the reality is this, you know he's getting the ball. You know it. You know he's getting the ball. And you could put your best defensive back on him, put your safety over the top to favor him. You could double team him, do whatever the hell you want to do. You know he's getting the ball and you still can't stop him. That's where I'm like, this brother's crazy. No one can stop this guy. Like he, his route running is crisp. Top end speed, crisp. Right? And on top of that, again, he has a CFL body. He has the body of a professional. This brother, he's in his second year of eligibility. I don't even know what, what is he going to do in his third year? What is he gonna do in yeah, his fourth it, year? It, I'm actually scared for for defenses. I'm scared for DBs in the RSC.
1: So key. my, I think the only thing that goes against Mytel and we talked about this with Wanadi and Edwards a little bit. I think it was really close between Mytel and Dejardan in terms of who was the RSEC MVP. And I think it's never a good thing when you have two players on the same team splitting votes from from voters, right? It actually works against that player whoever ends up being the guy. So, I think Keon was a no brainer from Western, as good as Winati was in terms of the voting, right? I don't think Winati Wen- would have got, got much MVP type votes. And I'm just being honest. But I do think Deja Dang got MVP votes. And I think that may hurt my chances for the national award.
0: I think, to be honest, I think the RCQ MVP polls were probably split down the middle. That's what I think. And you kind of just yeah. said it there like, for the majority of the season, I don't think anyone even had my towel pegged as an MVP mm-hmm. candidate until probably the last two weeks when the people start to actually take in his numbers and say, what the hell, this brother has over 10 touchdowns. Like this brother really has more touchdowns than yeah. games played. Right. And I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah. He, did, he did that for the second year in a row. Yeah. But I agree with you there. I think, I do think it was down the middle when it comes to Desjardins and Vital, but I just think given like the sheer uniqueness of what Vital has done this season,
1: I can appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I I think I got to give it to him at number two. And I think with Mason Nias, I think he's the best quarterback in this country right now. People had him and Desjardins kind of pegged one, two. I think he's better than Desjardins by a pretty, not, not a really, really wide margin, but a very comfortable margin. And what I like about Mason Nias is that this is a brother that came back this year, and there were so many questions around that offense. In the first, episode you and I had questions about Saskatchewan's offense saying listen they don't have no more Adam Mackhart what are they going to look like when they become a passing identity team with Mason Nias being that leader well the answer was the number one passing attack in the nation Mason Nias was torching secondaries he started he started off with a great game against Calgary and he just carried it all the way through and for him I remember I remember having a conversation with you when Sask faced Regina the first time around, and we were saying Mason had a weak game. But for him, a weak game is still like two hundred and something yards passing, no touchdowns, or right. no no touchdowns and no interceptions thrown. Bro, if that's a weak game, then <laughs> this brother's special. So for me, I think Mason I, is, I think he's the best quarterback in the country right now in a year where there's not a lot of key marquee quarterbacks. But I just love how he's taking command of that team and changed their identity completely. We don't even view the Saskatchewan Huskies anymore as a rushing team. We view them solely as a passing team. And anytime you're able to change the fan perception of a team like that and make them viewed as the number one in that category in just one season, you're special. So I love what Mason Ice has done this season. He's made a lot of his receivers look good, too. He's. Got, he's I'm telling you, he's, he's going to get a lot of those receivers paid when they get opportunities to be at the next level. But for me, I think he has to be the head credit award this year, award winner this year. It has to be Mason
1: Nias. I'm with you. And, and for other reasons you already spoke on, and, and I think one thing, too, that we can't forget that, you know, anytime that there's a major award, you know, like this, you know, there's certain people that are going to be part of that conversation based on what they've done in one year. But I think what makes Nias different is it's based on what he's done over his career, He's the only fifth year guy in this conversation right now. And I think for voters, when you sit there and you look at his repertoire, right? When you look at what he's been able to do in his career and how he's been able to change his game and the game of the Huskies based on who he had around him, and then just continue to put up, you know, kind of Madden stats, you know, week in and week out. It's really hard to argue against that. I think voters, you know, He was part of the conversation last year. I think he's going to be part of the conversation again this year. And ultimately, they're going to hand him the award, you know, the day before the Vanier Cup.
0: You talk about fifth year. Another thing, I think that plays a huge element, too. I remember they gave it to Ed Ilnicki when he was in his fifth year. and I don't know if he was the best player in the country at that time. I'm I'm pretty sure that was the year Trey Ford tore it up. But they gave it to Ed Ilnicki. Chris Merchant got in his fifth year. Now, granted, Chris Merchant was Chris Merchant, right? But... He got in his fifth yep. year to kind of cap off his career. I think they do have that pattern of looking at what year are some of these guys in. I think they're gonna give it to him and say, like, hey, let's cap off your career because it'll be kind of weird to have Mason Ius, a quarterback like Mason Ius, retire without having a heck right on his resume. I don't I just don't think that looks right to me. I think he's deserving of that. I think he's put himself in that stratosphere. I think he deserves to have an MVP
1: for the and, country and he retires. And he's still the quarterback. It's a quarterback award. I mean, outside of a couple astronomical players in the history of, of U-sports and CIS football, it's a quarterback award. He's a quarterback. Mason Ios is going to win the heck right in this year.
0: I agree. As always, if you made it this far, big ups to you. But before we sign off, I have to say my Toronto Argonauts did win the Eastern Final. My Toronto Argonauts did win the Grey Cup. And Chad Kelly did lead the city to a championship. How sweet it is. How sweet it is. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. For all things U sports related, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore, on Twitter at Persevere underscore, and on TikTok at Persevere. This is Deshaun Stevens and DJ Lalama signing off from a bonus episode of the Take It or Leave It podcast. Peace and blessings always.